0: Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's The Mark Davis Show on 6:60 a.m. The Answer. All right, everybody. Gather around, final hour together
1: today. On New Hampshire Eve, and we'll see how all this is going to get tomorrow night as you settle in for for New Hampshire coverage on the Salem News Channel. uh, Andrew Wilkow will be there at 7. Our buddy Mike Gallagher will be there at 6. And a little preview, how's the night going to go? with this guy, Uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow on the Salem News Channel. Uh, Get the Salem News Channel app, go to uh, SalemNewsChannel.com and just as you're you're working your way home, or if you're home by like 5, I'll do a full hour at 5 o'clock, kind of a New Hampshire preview there on the Salem News Channel box, whatever that may happen to be. Uh, Your laptop, your device, uh, Roku, Fire Stick, all that good stuff at the Salem News Channel. Check it out. I have fun over there. Having fun right here for today, and here's the way the fun has played out (laughs) fun being a relative term. First, shall we check into the really unofficial Twitter poll? Let's do. It was a couple hours ago. I said with DeSantis out, the prospect of him as Trump's running mate is A. A necessity. B. One of many great names. C. Uncertain. D. Thanks, but no thanks. I said that even with broad fondness for DeSantis, even among people that did not want him to be president, they just love Trump that much, that the hard no would be a player. And it is. Let's take them in order. Trump choosing DeSantis as a running mate is a necessity, 14.3%. One of many great names, 35.7. Uncertain, 14. Thanks, but no thanks. 35.7, exactly the same as one of many great names. It's because everybody, every moderate globalist Nikki Haley fan, every elitist, everybody that loves that flavor is going to glom in toward the folks that don't want DeSantis to be Trump's running mate. Because for the same reason they didn't want Trump to be the nominee, we sure don't want somebody just as conservative, just as bold, just as America first, just as, you know, no, no. These are the folks who preferred and still do, as long as she runs Nikki Haley. And just fresh off our chat with Paul Leiser, if even if she finishes 20 points behind Trump tomorrow night, which she may well, and this New Hampshire is quirky and unpredictable, she could finish with an eyebrow raisingly close finish to Trump. She is not going to win. She will not win. New Hampshire month ago or so you looked ahead to New Hampshire and said, "Mm." and if she had, if she had finished a close second of Trump in Iowa, you think "Mm, not anymore, not anymore. Um, But if she's within single digits or even 10 or 12, it's like, Whoa. And and everybody who loves her in the, in the media uh, jackals will continue. Oh, it's a real race now. Uh, No, No. but if, if she's, you know, 25 points back, which is a distinct possibility. We've still got to we still got to hang in there for 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 her to to weigh in in her state uh, in, in for, for in South Carolina in which is a month from now. We, we got to sit and wait through a slog through a month of media and Trump haters and. You know, moderate fever dreamers, just pretending that she has a chance. I mean, this this is the marketplace. I am the guy who, oh, so famously said, "Stay it as long as you want. Let the voters decide, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I will always be fine with that." But boy, so is is this writing on the wall? Let's take a look at what the writing is on the screen at the Patriot Mobile Text Line on on New Hampshire issues. Trump, Desantis, Haley, and the Michelle Obama prospect. Let me offer up my. Here's where we are today after I floated the Michelle Obama thing uh, again this morning after it was quite the, uh, the the viral thing over the weekend. As Joe Biden's presidency dies on the vine. Um. And the untenability and unsustainability of him as the nominee becomes so glaringly obvious. It becomes more likely that something, something rattles the cage, shakes the norms that the Democrat Party, as Paul so skillfully said in our segment uh, last half of last hour, it's Democrats. If you're sitting there saying that, as I have done, that what a crazy quilt series of events has to happen. Norms would have to be dashed. Delegate procedures would have to be cobbled together at the last minute. Rules would have to be broken. Rules would have to be rewritten. No problem. It's Democrats. They'll do whatever they have to do. And the party structure, the party power brokers, the same people who rigged the primaries for Biden may soon move against him leading to either a mysterious day where Joe Biden, who has given zero indication of wanting to come out of the race, will someday magically come out of the race. Maybe sooner rather than later. I'll still believe that when I see it. The other thing is uh, for something even crazier to happen, as the convention draws near, as the Democrats' convention in Chicago draws near let's go to let's go to the calendar the republicans will gather in milwaukee to anoint trump on uh on the week of july 15th his just don't make plans for july 18th don't be on vacation that week <laughs> i mean i'd I mean, do whatever you want to do i sure won't uh because that's just the the trump convention number three is just whoo it's gonna be something so get ready. That is the week of July 15th. And his acceptance of his nomination will be on Thursday, July 18th. The Democrats gather the following month, the following month, in Chicago, the week of August 19th. And the I'm, I'm going to say this. And as I say it, you just, you almost know in your heart of hearts, this is just not going to happen. You ready? The Biden acceptance speech. Well, even Biden's speech is a, a long bridge to cross. Can he even do it? And his, and I take no pleasure in this. I want him to go live his remaining days with good health and his wife and the, and the family that needs some healing and just all. I just want him to be able to focus on all of those things and not screw up my country anymore. That's what I want. I want Joe Biden to live to be 100. Um, But the, the the decline is so glaringly apparent. And I've told you, go find some uh, stuff from Biden in the 2020 campaign. Clips of Biden in just three, four years ago, three years ago, late 2020. He is sharp. He is on it. He's completing sentences. He's enunciating. He's not wandering. These days, woof. So that that's what gets us. To in, to the Michelle Obama conspiracy festival, because if he steps aside, you know, I, I mean, I, I, there's Kamala going, hello, I'm here. But no one wants her, even Democrats. So what do you do? And, well, Gavin Newsom is there with a an enviable campaign skill set, but an unenviable track record as governor of one of the most failed states in America, California, and also Gavin Newsom. Seen through the eyes of Democrats now. Has a double whammy against him as a white man. So you can't do that, can you? There are other folks. Amy Klobuchar and Minnesota Gretchen Whitmer. Who cares? Now there is somebody who a lot of people care about and who a lot of people love and who remains a capital R, capital S, rock star in Democrat circles. And that would be Michelle Obama. Now, here's where the ping-pong match begins. One point gets made, another point gets made. You ready? Here's where it starts. She would be an instantly formidable candidate, maybe the most formidable candidate Democrats have. But then, <laughs> but here's the return. She and her husband are having a great time. Their lives are perfect. Do they want to, to, to literally spoil that by going through the daily meat grinder and probe that, that is a, I mean, of course, the media would be kind to them. Please, can we get you a foot rub? But it, it, there, it would be, it's a daily battle. And then you have to look at the prospect of actually governing. Barack loved that. Trump loves that. Loves it still. Um, does she? Does she crave the the levers of power and the, the nuts and bolts and the rigors and the meetings and the this? Which I know leads many of you to go, she ain't going to be doing it. Her husband is going to be running everything. Uh, I get it. He would surely be a factor, but her, it, it, don't sideline her considerable ego. The notion that, uh, that, that, that hubs is going to come in and, and do it. Don't, I don't think that's how she wants to roll. And for that reason, I think she would envision a hands-on presidency. Does she want that? Does she want that? And here comes the ball back. Well, maybe she would if she were somehow virtually assured of winning. Democrats do believe that Trump will be easy to beat. They believed it six months ago. They still kind of believe it. But here's the final. What might be the winning point? He ain't that easy to beat. He may not be easy to beat at all. What may lie ahead for candidate Michelle Obama is not President Michelle Obama, oh no, defeated candidate Michelle Obama, and at some point she's going to have to walk onto a debate stage with Trump. Do you really want to do that? She might think she does. She might think that beating Trump is easy. But here's the thing about Democrats. Even still, there are still folks within their ranks who are wrong on every issue but still pretty astute and pretty smart politically somebody will get to her and say ma'am your victory is not certain in fact you may lose do you want to go through all of that only to to taste the bitter the bitter bitter taste that hillary faced not just losing but losing to trump that is why and i'll do this every once in a while for now I don't I, right now, my assertion is she ain't going to run, and she will not be dropped in from the rafters of the of the convention hall in Chicago to rescue the party as of right now, as of january twenty second twenty twenty four I would say the evidence is that there will not be a Michelle Obama candidacy. Whew. Something changes which could happen, I don't know, lunchtime, (laughs) we'll revisit. 921, Mark Davis, 660
0: AM,
1: he answered. Got some real vocal chops in the musical birthdays today. Sam Cooke, Steve Perry, both of whom you are yet to hear, again, here at the 9 o'clock hour. But the great Michael Hutchins, late of NXS... Little Listen Like Thieves 1985. Would have been 64 today, passed back in 97. All right, uh, Bree Jackson, this morning on the uh, what the weekend hath wrought in campaign news. So this
2: was somewhat of a surprise move that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race just days before the primary here in New Hampshire. And it also comes after he said that he planned to stay in this race until at least the South Carolina primary at the end of this uh, next month. But it also comes after DeSantis suffered that distant second place uh, finish to former President Trump in the Iowa caucuses. After his much-anticipated presidential campaign failed to gain steam, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out of the 2024 presidential race, making the announcement in this video posted on X. We don't have a clear path to victory. DeSantis was once seen as the most formidable opponent to former President Trump, who he's now endorsing. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. Trump's campaign is using DeSantis's exit to focus attacks on former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, just days before Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. As you know, here in New Hampshire, Nikki Haley has made an unholy alliance with rhinos, never Trumpers. Haley is not backing down saying this is the GOP matchup that she's been fighting for.
3: Can you hear that sound? That's the sound of a two-person race.
2: With DeSantis out, some in the Granite State are even less enthused about the limited options of presidential candidates.
0: I still believe that democracy reigns, and so I would like to have seen him stay in just to give the American electorate some choice.
2: Others say they already had their mind made up.
0: I think Ron DeSantis is where he belongs as governor in Florida.
2: Trump is pushing to secure the GOP nomination with a win in the first-in-the-nation primary. Haley hopes to sway enough voters to close the gap between her and the former president.
1: All righty. We're in Dungaville. Sylvester, hey, happy Monday. How are you, sir? You? Hey, Sylvester, how are you?
3: Oh, doing well. Thank you, Mark. What's how up? are you? Good. Thank you. Look, I really appreciate you t- uh, for taking my call. Sure. The reason I call here because of uh, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis pulling out of the race. The uh, DeSantis is a fantastic, great governor, but these people are not presidential. You remember, uh, because we are pushing them out of the nest without getting ready. You remember Dr. Ben Carson?
0: I do.
1: And and it's, it's it, boy, the, the Dr. Ben Carson comparison is an interesting one. A lot of people want Dr. Carson to be Trump's running mate. He's, he's 70-something, too. So uh, before being ready. Uh, I, I It's funny. I don't know what the definition of ready is anymore. I mean, there's, there's Trump was ready, and he hadn't been elected to anything. I think mean, Ben Carson was a good and strong candidate, but he hadn't been elected to anything. Ron DeSantis had been has is, is one of our most noteworthy conservative governors in recent American history. And it's not that he wasn't ready. It's just that the marketplace did not shine on him there. There's virtually everybody. Here's the crazy little secret. Virtually every Trump voter thinks really well of Ron DeSantis. They just didn't want him to be president just yet. Thanks, sir. 931 into the newsroom we go. Here's Nikki Whaley. Journey, little still they ride. Still they ride
2: of fire. They rule
1: the night. Isn't there some uh, triple bill in the summertime at Globe Life um, field, not park, with a roof? I think you get Def Leopard Journey, and I want to say cheap trick. Man, might have to make that one. All righty, here uh, here was a show worth uh, worth examining this morning, as uh, 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 fresh off the the Ron DeSantis departure. And it, listen, listen, it, it is math. Ultimately, it's a math game. And Nikki Haley, with her her quote, as a hey, do you hear that sound? It's the sound of a two person race. That is technically true. Uh, but the other sound that you can hear in New Hampshire is every DeSantis voter moving on over to Trump. I would, I I would, this may be a, 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 kind of like a, a Jeb Bush voter, a creature you never actually see. They say it exists, but you're not really sure. And that would be the Nikki Haley voter who, who pivots over, or excuse me, the Ron DeSantis voter who pivots over to Haley. That's just not going to happen. Uh, this just in Asa Hutchinson has endorsed Haley. Just thought you'd uh, like to know that. So she is an accomplished woman who has done many good things. Her appeal in the Republican Party is sharply limited, and that is why she will not win tomorrow in New Hampshire. Could she finish an eyebrow-raisingly close? Yeah, she could, because it's New Hampshire. They're a quirky state. They're interesting people. Um then what does that do? Short answer is close to nothing. Because the only thing that lies ahead in the headlines, the Nevada caucuses are Tuesday, February 8th. Um, After you've already had Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada doesn't particularly have a whole lot of clout. Oh, by the way, Trump's going to dominate there too. But the South Carolina primary, which held out the last gasp of hope for DeSantis, all of his surrogates, all of his remaining paltry money, all of his organization were, were they bailed out of New Hampshire because they knew they were going to get their clock clean there. And they headed to South Carolina. It was going to be the last stand. They were going to hope to beat Nikki Haley, which I think they would have done, and finish close to Trump, which I don't think they would have done. As such, DeSantis is people. They all, they, I can only, this is the worst, it's the worst day. It's the huddle you never want to have, the meeting you never want to have. Where it's like, okay, time to wrap this up. Time to, uh, you know, the party's over. It's time to call it a day. And that was the day yesterday for DeSantis. So it is Trump and Haley. And we probably get that for a month. Uh, Ugh. <laughs> it is the marketplace. She can stay in as long as she wants. And, and, and voters can vote however they wish. And so she's not going to win tomorrow. She's not going to place well in Nevada on those caucuses February eighth, and it may well be losing to Trump in her own state of South Carolina on february twenty fourth which is a Saturday that may that may finally be it'll be like Indiana with Ted Cruz in May of 2016, where it was a two person race until Trump just made it clear that it was a one person race. Well, it ain't going to take till May. To do that this year, and speaking of South carolina uh Tim Scott got engaged out in the barrier islands of South Carolina to his fiance a woman named Mindy Nose i think she's she in real estate or some such uh but there he is uh she said, yes can't mm. <laughs> can't have a bachelor running mate now can you we will see if, we'll see if that is germane at all anyway though, so what are we what are we in store for what is the what will the points uh, be made what what will the you know the narrative be filled with, Nikki Haley sat down uh, this morning uh, with uh, Bill Hammer and Dana Perino uh, just last hour on Fox.
0: Let's get a few things out of the way. Have you spoken with Ron DeSantis yet? I have not. Okay. What was your reaction yesterday when you heard that news?
3: I mean, look, it's it's a personal issue to get into a race. It's even more personal to get out. He's been a good governor and I wish him well.
0: Uh, Where do his voters go? (laughs) (laughs) Because based on polling, it looks like they go... Two to one, Trump. Two to one? (laughs) Ten to one? In other words, everyone who breaks away from DeSantis, Trump would pick up about 66% of his
3: I mean, that's what y'all think. What I'll tell you is I know.
0: That's what y'all think.
3: That The DeSantis voters, they love America, and they wanted a new generational leader.
1: That's not a terrible point. So maybe it's not one in ten. Maybe it's one in five. Because if it, if, if having somebody that's not gonna turn 80 meant more to you, means more to you than actual issues, that if uh if, if it's weird, I guess if Trump is just a total deal breaker to you. Um but, but that's just it. That's not how the DeSantis voters felt. DeSantis voters were not anti Trump. DeSantis voters love Trump. They just wanted. They wanted. They loved him so much that they picked a guy who they thought could bring him, could bring us Trump policies, and had a better chance of beating Biden. They thought. Well, now we'll never know. Uh, and and could serve two terms and not turn eighty while in the White House. So. Mm.
3: And they wanted a conservative that was going to go in there and clean up government.
1: And- mm, we do want a conservative that's going to clean up government. Is that her?
2: Mm.
3: That's what we're going to do. I mean, let's be clear. I voted for Trump twice. I was proud to serve America in his administration. I agree with a lot of his policies. He was good at breaking things. You got to be good at fixing things, too.
1: (sighs) Okay, that's the narrative. Trump is chaos. He's messy. and, And I am stable and safe and secure And by the way, almost anybody is going to be less of a white-knuckle ride than Trump will be. But here's the thing. So many people are signing up willfully for the white-knuckle ride. So many people are embracing the chaos because they know that upending and displacing the still-growing swamp that has actually expanded to include a completely corrupt, weaponized, politicized FBI and Department of Justice, and we have judges doing the, the bidding of the Democrat Party, undoing, guess what? It's going to take some chaos. It is going to take some chaos. Chemotherapy is chaos if you're cancer.
3: This is a time we've got to fix America. That's what we're focused on. And rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him.
1: That's, uh, that's is that a t-shirt? And she says about everything, and, and, and I understand the appeal there too. Okay, but here's the thing. The answer is rightly. If you are the lightning rod for Democrats and media jackals and prosecutors and district attorneys, and all these people looking to ruin and destroy him because of the strength of his policies. That, that is why you do get this, right? Why the hate? Why the, the attempts to ruin him? Why the savagery? It's because of his views and his success in bringing those views to the government of America. That is kryptonite. It is It is garlic to the vampires of the left. Borders that actually work, environmental sanity, gender sanity, lower taxes, pro-business policies. These things are, are are terrifying to the American left. So he must be destroyed. And if it takes chaos to fend off those attacks then bring me a heaping helping of chaos, please.
3: And you talk to any of the people. We had 1,200 people last night at our rally. You talk to any of them, and they're worried. They want to get this wasteful spending under control and get the economy back on track. They're worried about their kids. Kids are worried. How do they buy a home? The average home buyer in America is 49 years old. A border. This doesn't even look like the United States of America.
1: Hmm. She does. We, uh, we'll, we'll, looks like we'll have a month to figure this out. Uh, I do not for a minute believe that Nikki Haley is the border warrior that Donald Trump is. She's trying. Um, A key measure of what kind of border warrior you are comes down to how much time do you spend talking about fentanyl and China and transnational gangs, all of which are... Th- absolutely worthy border issues versus the real one and that is the countless countless waves of illegals pouring across our borders having a deleterious effect on our social structure education rule of law job market etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, and I, I don't think I mean she historically has not spent as much time Talking about that, might that be a change? No. She'll be around for a month for us to pay attention to.
3: I mean, northern border here, of New Hampshire, they've had 500 people cross the border that were on the terrorist watch list. People are feeling this. And here you've got Donald Trump in a courtroom today. And you've got him and Joe Biden giving us more of the same. Seven- okay. Percent of Americans say they don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. Everybody sees that both of those men put us trillions in dollars in debt that are. And okay,
1: and you're not going to. I mean, listen, I believe you. Me, if there is anybody, here, here's an interesting test. Give me, and it's hard to imagine this person. That's why it's hard to imagine that she's serious. And by the way, I'd say that about almost anybody. Every Republican talks about spending. Every, and and mean none of them. You know, like maybe Rand Paul and Thomas Massey have the, 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 the Ted Cruz on a good day, have the have you know, just I stick up for my buddy Ted, have the guts to do anything about it. To really do something about spending. So take somebody who's a candidate that you disagree with on three, four, five things, but they are just absolutely sworn to uh to, to reduce spending, and I mean literally reduce it. Nikki Haley has said, and this is a praiseworthy thing, I'll bring spending back to pre-COVID levels. That's lovely. What we need is somebody willing to bring spending back to pre-Obama levels. And that's just a start.
3: Kids are never going to forgive us for. They are both talking about grievances of the past, vendettas, and their investigations. We need a new generational conservative leader that's going to be focused on how we're going to get America back on track for our kids.
1: She's not wrong about that, but guess what? We had a new generational leader willing to do a whole lot of conservative things, and he also was a young person. His name was Ron DeSantis, and he's gone because the marketplace did not exist for him, because the conservative Republican marketplace is absolutely on board with Trump. That's not going to change. 9.50.
0: Oh. Somebody keep telling me don't hang around. A change
1: is gonna it's come. It was actually released two weeks after Sam Cooke a long died.
0: Time coming, but I know a change gonna come.
1: Can't think of a better just the theme of this, it had huge civil rights significance, of course. Still does.
0: Then I go. And I, I have to
1: tell you, I, I kind of embrace it now in view of, of our country and our enormous list of problems and the change that is going to come if we are on our game coming up this election year. So let's keep that close to our
0: hearts.
1: Sam Cook, born this date, 1931. For producer Ronda K. Moreland on the old ex-Twitter, at producer DeKay, K., R-O-N-D-A, capital K. Thank you, Mr. Matt, for the technical guru skills. Thank you, Nikki, for newscasting excellence. God bless our country, our troops, our families. Mike Gallagher is coming up next right here on 660 AM, The Answer. Be good. New Hampshire Day tomorrow. We'll take care of all the overnight news and other things we'll talk about on the Tuesday show. Join us. See you then.
0: A long time coming, but I know.